halfway. It was like it's a movie. I was halfway in and halfway out there. I'm like, I need a passport. Like I'm going on yeah. a, somewhere internationally. They don't. They don't it, just it never, let you in. It didn't. Not even. Yeah. Not even me. Uh, no. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> Jay, start the timer. Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, the behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that life. I'm Trav, and apparently I don't know the difference between Saturday and Sunday. We'll dig into that in a minute. I'm Jason. We're the co-founders of the community Location Indie. You can learn more at locationindie.com. We're all about the travel, the location independence, the freedom to work from anywhere. Trav, what are you talking about, man? I, 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 this is not ringing a bell. I know we talked about this before, but did you forget what day it was one day or something? Well, I mean, I guess we could talk about the fact that, you know, when you are location independent, you can work any day. Some days you take a day off like, like yesterday when I just decided to go on a midday bike ride and go brewery tasting. But that's not that's not that wasn't what I was uh, referencing. What I'm referencing was the fact that last weekend, my beautiful wife was up in New Hampshire and I was in New York City actually hanging out with a bunch of location indie members at an L.I. meetup. And so she was up at her parents and she was going to fly from New Hampshire to Philadelphia. So I'm like, okay, cool. We got all these obvious points. It only cost us $5. It's a great little route, actually, Philly to Manchester, New Hampshire. We just kind of lucked out that that's our closest airport and that's her parents' closest airport. It just always works. We can pop up there if we don't want to drive the seven hours. Cool. So she had flown up. So she's like, all right, make sure you get me a ticket back, this and that. Sure, no problem. Booked her a ticket back. Sunday, she shows up at the airport. Her flight was at one o'clock. She shows up at the airport and I just get a text. I'm in an Uber coming back from uh, brunch with one of my buddies. And I just get this text. It says like, call me immediately. I'm like, oh no, because your dad's like a little older. I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? I was in an Uber. So I'm like, can it wait one minute? She's like, only one minute. Like it can only be one minute. You have to call me back. So I call her and she's like, well, yeah, you know how you said you booked me on the one o'clock flight on Sunday? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you, everything good? Are you going to get through security? She's like, yeah, uh, you booked me on the one o'clock flight for Saturday. So she was 22 hours late for her flight, which uh, led to a whole, it, it actually, she was very mellow. I was surprised. It was great because this was a, you know, this was a big mess up, obviously, Luckily, we again, we had used points, so I, I didn't get those points back, but it was such a small amount of points anyway. But I wasn't able to get her on the 1 o'clock because it was too close in, and you couldn't even book with points. You know, it was too close. And then there was a 3 o'clock flight, but you couldn't use points for that. So I had to book her in the 5.30 flight. For some reason, you could use points for that one. And yeah, I don't know why there's so many flights between Manchester and Philly. There's like seven a day. But regardless, um, I, I booked at the 530 and all worked out well because then I said, I'm going to book in the 530, then go to the people at the check-in gate and just talk to them because there was paid tickets on the, the three o'clock. So that's what she did. She said, I have, I have a thing for 530. They know she had missed the other one. She told them the whole story. And I just said, see if you can get on the, the three o'clock, you know, if there's seats open up, you already have a ticket for the later one. And that's what happened. So, okay. And anyway, so she got on the three 30. 
She got because, only uh, out of three three fifteen or whatever it was, and she got back to Philly. And of course, I was still in New York and wasn't even there to pick her up. So I had to call my sister real quick. That's another story. I'm like, can you pick Heather up? She's now in the three, not the five, and not the one like you're originally going to pick her up on. So yeah, I but. um, I wish Heather was mic'd up for that conversation that she had over at the counter when she was explaining the story to them. And uh, and your part in it, Trav. I wonder. Uh, I, wonder yeah. I wonder what I, she had to say. <laughs> I, listen, she deserve. She probably threw me under the bus. Well, I guess throw you under the bus is when you don't deserve it. So she probably did that. Oh, yeah. All of that, and I, and I deserved it yeah. Um, because it was. Yeah, I made a big mistake. That is actually the first time that I've ever booked flights on the wrong day. I, I've done it with train tickets before. That was a very costly mistake going between Germany and the Czech Republic, but first time ever with flights and thankfully you know it, it, they had stuff later and all that it you know it would have been bad i guess if i had you know that was the last flight out and then they didn't have something on monday and she was gonna have to stay up there for a couple of days i don't know and it was close like if need be she could have i guess rented a car and driven down and what uh whatever but we've talked about it before how the more you travel the more uh tendency uh, the greater tendency you have to get sloppy when it comes to the logistics and I'm pretty psycho about checking out the the flight before I hit purchase like 8 billion times, you know, checking out the itinerary and everything like that. But sometimes you I mean, you could see how it's easy to make a mistake, particularly overseas flights when it's like plus one day or, you know, it, it's getting confusing with the time zones and everything. But um, yeah, I, I, I hope you had like a bubble bath and some champagne and maybe some, I don't know, some nice chocolates or something waiting for Heather when when she came back. But I uh, will... We'll have to bring Heather on the Location Indie podcast sometime and really see what the real story was. Yeah, I mean, she kept it cool. I was very, I was more upset or disappointed, like yeah. in myself, that I did that than it's, she was. So it's a drag, um, but it, you know, things happen, and and airports have bars for a reason. That's right. She did say, "I'm going to get a beer," and then I saw the tab, and it was like thirty-eight bucks. I'm like, "Wow, how many did you have?" Before? And you couldn't say <laughs> anything. Yeah, well, what am I going to say, man? I'm going to say That's like, "Awesome." Well, cheaper than buying you the three hundred and fifty dollars ticket that it would have cost yeah, for you yeah. to get one yeah. way, you know, for a, a one-hour flight one way. Um, Two airport it, martinis, thirty-eight dollars. There you That's go. That's right. That's right. Speaking <laughs> about getting a little sloppy with travel habits, here's something that didn't happen, but almost happened on our very last trip when we went to ireland and spain i was walking out the door to go to the airport and i don't know what made me think about it or anything and i thought wait don't i need a passport for this trip <laughs> I, you know again i Dude. <laughs> it was something that i had ne- and i was i was like i was out the door like halfway it was like it's a movie i was halfway in and halfway out there i'm like i need a passport like i'm going on yeah. a, somewhere internationally they don't, they don't just never- let you in it didn't, not even, yeah. not even me. Uh, no. <laughs> and you know who I am. Um, it had never even crossed my mind. And, uh, you know, obviously I did need a passport. And so I put my bag down. I went upstairs. So the whole process of packing for this trip, you know, that whole day long process of packing, I had never even thought about my passport once for some reason. So mm. that would have been probably the biggest faux pas uh. I'd ever committed if I, if I arrived at the airport and had no passport. It sounds like um, we're, we're drumming up a, a new episode in the future, maybe over on the EPOP and Z, Zero to Travel podcast, the uh, travel faux pas or something along those lines, because there's plenty of them. Uh, I lost a bag full of clothes once, uh, but that's uh, that's another story for another time. Trav, we, got, we have something pretty cool to talk about today i think I, we, we did talk a little bit about this one beforehand because we uh we were kind of hashing out 
very generally, we just kind of talked about the theme and we're like, okay, I don't know what examples you have. You don't know what examples I have, but we were both like, yeah, we have a lot of ways that this particular idea has helped us or maybe hurt us in the short run, but helped in the long run, depending on (laughs) your mental state at the time. But why don't you lay this out? What are we talking about today? Yeah, so this this idea, I'm going to wrap this in a little bit of a story. It comes from two two places. One is the fact that the last few days I have not been able to do the thing that I want to do. Um, or maybe that's the wrong way to put it, that I have not been able to do the thing that has been hanging over my head that I feel like I should do. Um, You've been able to, to do, do it. You just haven't done it. I haven't done it. So the idea is of forced action and how you can get yourself to do those things. And, and you all know what we're talking about when we say there's those things that deep down you probably want to do. If you got started, you would probably feel good about it. It might, it would, it might flow. You know, you'd be accomplishing stuff. It's, it's these things that uh, these bigger projects that are really maybe not, they're not even big projects, but these things that will, that you're like, this has a lot of value and I should be doing it. But for whatever reason, you can't get yourself to start. And so the example that I'm going to give you is we are shooting brand new videos um, for our Location Indie community. And it's going to be called the Location Indie Launchpad. And so when you join Location Indie, you're getting this huge course that really could be sold as a standalone thing. Um, But it's this huge course of taking you from, hey, you just get in. You don't have any or you don't have an idea of what you want to do or you have too many ideas. You don't know where to start. All this kind of stuff. If, that, if that's you all the way through the entire process of getting customers and clients and, and building up your business and things like that, even even eventually to the advanced techniques like, you know, outsourcing to a team and scaling and all that. But basically taking you from zero to hero. Right. Of, of the location in the independent um, lifestyle. So really excited I've scripted it all out. They're going to be awesome. I know exactly what I want to say, all this kind of stuff. So for a while now, for like two weeks, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start shooting those first videos just to start rolling. Again, something, Jay, that I like doing. I I enjoy shooting videos. It's fun. Uh, I know it's going to have a ton of value. It's going to be amazing for people watching it. You know, so I'm excited about it, but I haven't been able to start. And it's all the types of reasons like, oh, the lighting has to be perfect or I need a better microphone. I mean, those are actually kind of legit reasons, but I'm procrastinating. And what I've come to the realization is, is that if I don't have someone like a big project like this, it's going to take weeks and going to be a lot of work, even if it is fun. If I don't have someone to force me to take action, it's very, very, very hard to do. And so for us, we have done this type of video stuff before and we've made like these big in-depth video projects, but we were kind of forced to because we had hired a camera guy or we had been on location doing it or you and I only had a couple days together to shoot them. You know, there was all these external factors that had forced us to do it. And this time I didn't have that because it was like me in my home studio, whenever I want to turn the camera on and start going, I can do it. And that has led me to to this day that we're recording, not actually having started to shoot the first one yet. Well, because look, look, I mean, your kitchen's right downstairs. You know, you could, why start recording when you can go get, you know, oh, maybe get a little thirsty, get a glass of water. Maybe I'm going to hit over here. Oh, I'm in the email. Next thing I know, I'm going to have a bike ride. Next thing you know, it's four or five o'clock. You're like, all right, the light's down. 
oh, I'll have to do it tomorrow. And then that that's just the way it goes. And um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where I feel like, well, there are a lot of things around this topic. Um, but I think it's easy for people that are maybe just starting out or looking uh, through perhaps uh, some type of rose-tinted glasses in a way where, where you can see people that are online doing these different things or t- talking about what they do or whatever. And you could be like, wow, those they're like naturally self-motivated. They're so good at um, getting things done. And how do they get so much done and everything like that? And it's like, I think, I mean, at least with my experience of working with, we've had hundreds of people coming through the location in the community that are in it now, like entrepreneurs, travelers, people that are doing this whole thing and on this journey, which is why we have the community because it's so difficult, like, it's not just like, hey, you decide this, and then even when you become location independent, there's always things to figure out. There's always next things to do. Like you can hear, we're we're talking about our struggles openly with projects and different things, and um, it's 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 the rare person I think that's naturally self motivated. And um, I mean, I certainly say we're 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 self motivated, but it's but when it comes to actually getting certain things done, you need. It, everybody needs a little push in some way or some accountability or, or some of these external factors really help. I, I would say not even that it's the rare person that's self-motivated. I think that our idea of self-motivation is a person who is always self-motivated. Like if we're like, right, that's oh, true. Man, yeah. Oh man, that person just gets so much done. They must every day wake up, just be ready to go. Right, right. Because I think you and I are now very self-motivated. Well, that's true. Yeah, pretty it's... self-motivated compared to where I was um, before I was working on my own company and doing stuff that I loved, of course. So I think we're pretty self-motivated. But our mindset is that if someone is self- if someone is quote unquote self-motivated, it's like every day, every minute, they're like ready to Full keep on, going. You know, and that's just not the case with anyone. I mean, you can you can listen to Tim Ferriss talk about it, who you know is a productivity guru, and he'll talk about days where he can't do stuff. Um, a, a buddy of mine named Mark Manson got interviewed for this thing and New York Times bestselling author. And he was telling us this story where they're like, oh, what are your morning routines and habits? It was like for a big article in like Forbes or Entrepreneur Magazine or something like that. And he was like, well, I usually wake up at like 10 a.m. because I stayed up way too late the night before playing video games. And then like I might have my like a cup of coffee. And then around 1 p.m. I finally decide to write for like an hour, you know, and he just you know, that's not every day he's like that, but it's this idea that every single person that you're seeing that you might want to emulate deals with this as well. And the people who succeed are the people who are able to, to force themselves into action by setting kind of external things up that make them do it. And there's a lot of ways you can do this. Um, you know, and, and another word for it is accountability, but that's kind of an abstract word. I I want to talk about these these things that that aren't abstract. Like for example, we shot videos because we had the first time we were launching Location Indie, we rented a house in the middle of nowhere. Oh, 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 not in the middle of nowhere, but in the dead of winter in Ocean City, New Jersey, with what Jay maybe one pizza place open in the whole town um I the mean, arcade open the saving grace there, there were three things that was the saving grace that actually gave us somewhat of a life like for uh, maybe an hour outside of us just holding up in this place and working and that was the uh 
the arcade on the boardwalk because we could play ski ball there and and we had some good competitions there the wawa across the street because that's where we got a lot of our sandwiches and like if you yeah, don't know what a wawa is it's a convenience yeah store. and the that's... one and the one pizza place and um but yeah like to trav's point we rented this house and we we basically said okay this is what we have to get done while we're here and it was forced action inaction i mean we could not avoid it like we, there was nothing else to do i mean like it's a dead of winter we're there for a reason we have like a little bit of skin in the game because we'd rented this house and we're like okay we're doing this thing where we're not just going to show up and not get it done because we're here to do this and you know a, a lot of people listening to the show might resonate with that because like even if you're just at home Travis and I being travelers, we still needed to get away. Even if it was only like we were both in the Philly area, even if it was only an hour and a half away, it still helped us to be away. And, and in that way, I'll, I think for both of us, we Travis and I can feed off each other when we're away together. We have uh, we have a little more of a productive space, I think, because we're, we're forced into that. But uh, yeah, and we got it done. We got so much done. I mean, we, we, we launched this community and we went into it not knowing logistically how exactly we were going to do that. And, and when we arrived in ocean city, New Jersey, we literally had nothing. We had no yeah. forum. We had no website. We had uh, certainly no videos to promote it. We had an idea that neither, we didn't have a strategy to launch it. We just had an idea that we wanted to build the community. And we had what, six days, five days, maybe, maybe six days, five nights at, at this house in the middle of nowhere, ocean city. And all of it, came together because we gave ourselves the space to make it. But I think to your point too, Jay, A, we changed our surroundings, which is a, a big way to force action. Just change your surroundings. Whether that means leave your house and go walk to the next coffee shop or leave the coffee shop you're in that, that feels like you can't get stuff done and, and go to the library or whatever it is. Literally just changing your surroundings can be a huge thing. But to me, the biggest part was that if I had been in that house on my own, and had to shoot these videos mm -hmm. and hadn't had you there. I mean, there might not be anything to do, but maybe I would have went and played ski, ski ball forever. Right? That's my be Beavis and Butthead laugh <laughs> going back to the 90s. Because that's, uh, yeah, there probably would have been a lot of ski ball, uh, a lot of pizza, maybe some notebooks full of notes, but probably not a lot. Well, you could just go stir. I mean, we were even going stir crazy together, but it was fun because we were kind of loopy in that, in that work sense. But, uh, Trav, like, I know you, you have one more thing to say about this, but I wanted to mention Parkinson's law here because I think this plays into the strategy of forced action. Parkinson's law essentially states that, and I'll read it from Wikipedia, the quote that work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. Now, if Travis and I had three weeks together in that house in Ocean City, we probably would have gotten the same amount of work done. It just would have taken us three weeks. You can do that to a certain extent. I mean, we couldn't have done it in like six hours, but I think we had a, a pretty aggressive timetable and we did get it done. And and I just wanted to mention that too, because that really helps. Like if you're thinking about forced action, it's it's not just the action and the external thing or whatever that is that's forcing you to take the action, but it's also the the time allotted. So it's time and space. And that's what I was gonna say. So change your surroundings, right? Is, is one thing that you can do every day pretty easily, you know, for most people. Second is putting time parameters on things. And the third, the, the thing that I was going to mention as to why we got stuff done was that uh, that you were there, that that we had to be accountable to someone else. Sometimes that someone with you, like, again, 
the, so that time we were filming on ourselves, but I was accountable to you. You were accountable to me. We only had a set amount of days together to film these and we had to film them together. So we had the time crunch on top of the fact that like, if you woke up and we're like, dude, I don't want to do anything today. Let's play skee-ball for eight hours. I'd be like, no way, man. Or, or vice versa. Cause we, we were holding each other accountable. The other time that we shot a bunch of location indie videos, we actually hired out a, a, a barn of a friend of yours, you know, so it gave us a great deal, but a barn with lighting and all that kind of stuff. We hired, yeah, studio, we hired out a, a camera guy. And so that's forcing the action too, because now we're accountable to like, we only have the barn for a set amount of days. The, the camera guy's there. We're not going to goof off too much with him there because we actually have to get stuff done. So we're forcing our hand because there's other people that are around that are holding us accountable. It's huge. And, and I mean, there's been times when I've been working with you and others, you know, throughout the years, whether it was in university or, you know, whatever. But I mean, especially I think of so many times we'll take the Ocean City example where, you know, I was tired. Like I, w- I wanted to kind of be done, but I'm like, well, I want to keep going. And I'm like, Tra- Travis looks like he wants to keep going. He's probably thinking, well, Jason's going to keep going. So I'm not going to stop, you know, and we're kind of you're just feeding off of each other in a good way because you're pushing yourself to the extreme. And um you know, Trav, when we talk about the forced action, I mean, like you said, the accountability is huge. It's one of the, one of the big, not the reason, but one of the big reasons we started the community because we knew how well accountability works for us, how, how surrounding yourself with others, doing this and getting the advice and having the accountability can actually help you do the things you want to do because it goes against uh, some of our natural instri- instincts. And what happens is, I mean, when when do you get when do you need forced action? You know, I came up with a, a few things, and I'm sure you can add to this. And there's probably a long laundry list, but I'm taking a macro view of this, and I'll share a few of these things. First of all, these are all things that kind of make you feel horribly uncomfortable, uncomfortable in some ways, and it's totally natural to feel that. It's that struggle, and it's things like this. Big decisions, I think, are one thing that might require forced action. Say, you know, trying to decide if you're going to leave your job or trying to decide if you're going to pursue that business idea, but you're not sure if it's going to make money or not. These types of big decisions, they're easy to put off and easy to kind of not um, take Ever action make on. make a decision? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, just let it kind of happen. And then you say, well, dude, I'm classic at that. Oh, I don't want to make decisions, so I'm just going to like let another hour go off the clock, and then I can't make it to whatever I was going to do anyway. Totally. Um, things that cost money, you know, and business costs money. You know, if you think you're going to start, you can, I mean, it's incredible what you can do now and what we've seen people in the community do, what we've been able to do when I look at the businesses that we've built and really With the very, very, small very amount. limited amount of capital and, and investing up front. But you still, you know, you have to pay for hosting. If you don't know how to do the tech stuff, you're going to want to bring somebody in to help out with that. It's not like thousands of dollars. Usually if you do it right, if you do it smart, you don't have to spend a lot of money. But even if it's a small amount of money, I mean, everybody, you don't want to just spend money and waste it. And I've certainly wasted... I mean, I've wasted thousands of my first online business in the event industry. I wasted thousands of dollars and I had to totally scrap the project and rebuild the site in a different way. But I learned, you know, but it was easy not to start that business for a while because I was intimidated. That's another big thing that can happen. You can be intimidated by a certain thing and it costs money. And I'm like, I'm not ready to spend that money yet. And it's hard. Another thing, one thing I'll say real quick again is to put yourself out there. That's another thing that can allow you to kind of not take action, I think. Because yeah, the it's fear scary. of failing yeah. or the fear of, of being seen as different or, I mean, typically in, in your regular life, 
you go through and and as do we, you know, you go through these patterns where you know you've got it and it's going to be okay and you know, you're not taking these huge steps to put yourself out there where you might fail. And that's fine. You're in a comfort zone for that. And I'm not saying live outside your comfort zone every second of every day that that can't happen and no one does that. But you're right. There are points where you're just going to have to say and the money thing like it doesn't matter how much it is, there's going to be a point where you're going to feel uncomfortable spending it. And it might be $10 or something. I remember when I was first starting out, I didn't want to spend any money. So like even $10 for something or $15 was a big decision. Now it's a little bit less of a, of a decision. Um, and the money amount is higher that, that forces me to kind of like, Whoa, okay. I don't know about this, but it, it's going to be different for everyone, but you're going to be in that situation. And I think, I, I think you do have to force yourself at times. And I think that you, you gave great examples of, of times where you might have to force yourself. I want to kind of give people some examples of, of how they can force themselves, like things you can actually do to force yourself. And we've kind of talked about that. One is to, to simply put it, put it out there at, with a time limit on. So you put it out to friends or family or something like that. Uh, hey, I am going to... Uh, take this big trip by May and then you book a plane to, and it's like and it's out there to the public to people who are going to like ask you about it and hold you accountable. Hey, I'm going to lose 15 pounds in the next six months. And you tell enough people that they're going to like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? You know, that constant checking in. So that's one way to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just to let other people know about it. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple more examples from my personal life. We could have a laundry list of examples, I'm sure. But, um, you know, we talked about the money thing. It's scary to, to to put the money out there. But sometimes you can flip that up and by spending the money, you're actually forcing the action. One example of this is I knew that with what I wanted to do, with everything that I was doing, I, I could not do it alone. But I think one of the more difficult things when you're building a business is trying to bring people on. And maybe the most difficult is bringing that first person on because usually... A lot of solopreneurs, people that are in the location independent space want to do everything themselves, but then they're going to get to a point where you just can't anymore. You can't do it by yourself and you need some help. And I remember I, I, I was ready to do this, but I was like, oh man, like I'm not really ready to make this investment. And I decided to bring on a virtual assistant that uh, was going to cost me like X amount of dollars a month. So I'm like, okay, it costs this much money. She needs to do X amount of hours of work. Uh, now I actually have to come up with the things for her to do. I mean, it's really forcing my hand because I'm like, okay, I have to grow. I have to figure out tasks. I have to figure out what this person is going to do because they're going to be working with me. And that created a whole chain reaction of events and including, you know, bringing on more people, growing businesses in different ways. So it was like, and taking a lot of stress out of my life ultimately, because there were people helping finally, you know, that's, that's one example. Um, another I one, I think that's a great way to put, uh, to do something as well. Cause I'm thinking in my own life and how I have people who work hourly for me at extra pack of peanuts. And I've wanted to do some of these more, these bigger projects, but because I work hourly, I just give them the, the basic tasks that they do every week and they do them. But I, I haven't ever pushed forward to like get these bigger projects done. But if I was to say, Hey guys, and, and they do great work. So it's, it's just because it's like my apathy. So if I was to say, Hey, I'm going to guarantee that you get paid for whatever, 20 hours a week for the next two months. Is that cool with you? I have stuff for them to do. I just don't push them to do it because 
I'm like, oh, it'll get done eventually. But if you set that amount ahead of time, you're good to go. Yeah, I'll give a couple more. I'll give one more example. Maybe you have a couple more. Um, going away, I remember, forced me to create a lot more systems than I had because I just wanted to be off the radar. So taking a digital sabbatical could be a great example for a business owner, somebody that's running their own business to force them to set up systems that the business can still run successfully, even though they're not involved in it for say like a four week period or whatever it is. And I did that when I went to Nepal, I had to to create a lot more systems than than I had. And uh, that was really helpful because of course, it was frantic and crazy before I left. But then when I came back, I'm like, oh, okay, this is this worked, you know, and, and I'm, I'm better for it. And the business is better for it. Yeah, one of the one of the things that we talked about was having someone around like in the flesh with you. Like Jason and I were recording together. There's a camera guy there. That was really, really forcing the action. If that was happening now, that would have forced me to shoot these videos. Um not <laughs> you know, way, way before I actually am going to do it. So what I actually did, my sister's home, she lives usually lives in Spain. Uh she's a videographer, and I said, Hey, would you mind coming over tomorrow uh, when we're recording this? And just standing behind the cameras and hitting play, like, A, it's going to help me a lot, but she's going to be hitting play. She's going to be making sure I'm in the right areas, making sure the sound's working, but I'm going to pay her to do it. Like, she would come and do it for free, and she even said that. And I said, no, I don't want you to come and do it for free. A, you're providing value, so I want to pay you. But B, now there's that little bit of, all right, I got to get this done. Someone else is counting on me. So we talked about doing that in the flesh. If you can do that, great. Like, actually have someone there. But if you can't, one of the things that we do inside Location Indie, because everyone's traveling around, not everyone's going to be with each other all the time. Jay, you and I are very rarely in the same place, is having a mastermind or an accountability group. And this is one that you check in with every week, maybe every two weeks. And what we like to tell people to do is like when you're stopping the the call for that week, what is one thing or two things that by next meeting you want to have done and have them written down so that you can start the meeting two weeks from now with that, hey, did you get this done? So you know you're being held accountable to another group of people. And that's one of the biggest benefits that we have of people who are inside Location India and who are active is this idea that they're forming mastermind groups and accountability groups with each other. And we're helping we're them holding do that them accountable too yep. when, and, they, when they join. So right. it's huge. I mean, and it's hard to find those people to really form a good group like that is so critical to, uh, to the ongoing growth and success of uh, leading this lifestyle, which has so many benefits. Like Trav said, going out and biking and having a beer in the middle of the day, if you want, if that's your, if that's your poison or, you know, whatever, booking the wrong flight day taking your free time to book the wrong flight day for your wife or yeah, your spouse purpose, or your partner. Yeah. Um, uh, we got uh, Chris buzzing us here right now. But before we go, we should go inside LI and share another good example of forced action. Yeah, so this is an amazing example. And this is very self-motivated from JC, one of uh, our awesome, super active members inside of LI. What he wanted to do, he came to JC and was like, hey, do you mind if I, I do this thing called a grand experiment? Like, uh, what are you talking about? Sure, let us know. Um, what he wants to do, and again, he's setting a time limit. He's he's being held accountable because he put it up in the forum. And in 30 days, he wanted to go from zero. Like he had no, he was a virtual assistant to no one. He had no clients. And he wanted to, by the end of 30 days, have his calendar booked up, have all the hours that he would have to be a virtual assistant booked up. So he's actually every single day going in and documenting what he's doing that day and how it's going, which is absolutely amazing 
for the rest of the community to watch this. And people are super excited and he's getting tons of like comments because not only is it inspirational, but it's actually helping people on a logistical level who are like, yeah, I want to do the same thing. I want to figure out how to, to become a virtual assistant or something like that. You know, how is this guy doing it? And I think it's just shedding a lot of light on how much you actually can get done in 30 days if you are motivated. And I, it's just a, it's a really cool project. JC, as we're recording, this is about nine days in and he's gone from having literally nothing. And that was the point. He was starting at nothing to having a website, to having had phone calls, to having had sold some of his hours to to outside people that he knows and also people inside location indie who are like, I need you. like he has a list of services that he can provide. And so some people have bought those hours. So it's just a really, really neat thing. And it's a perfect way to hold yourself accountable and to force his action is that he posted it. He said he was going to do it, which means he has to do it because now and now he has like a whole crew following him every day. So they they'd call him out. Right, Jay, if he like didn't post day nine, they'd say, what's going on, man? Where have you been? Um, he set a time limit and he has others who are helping hold him accountable because he's part of a mastermind group inside L.I. that are that are obviously helping him hold accountable if he's not holding himself accountable. So just thought that was a really, really, really great example of someone taking what we're talking about today, putting it into action and and thriving. If you are interested in getting around this whole location indie scene, we're opening up this community again, which we haven't done since last year, since a long time ago, really. Sometime in the... 12 months ago, really. I haven't opened it up to the public uh, for a year. So we're... Uh, like Trav said, we're working on some new stuff and we have a ton of stuff already in there, like 30 hours plus of training videos in our library, not to mention like all the community members helping each other. We're helping you for mastermind groups. There's so many things that are going on and uh, so many things that can help you in your journey, wherever you're at in it, whether you're just starting out or you have a business and you need some support or you're trying to grow and we have people that are scaling and are, are running huge online businesses. We have people that are they like, I don't know which idea to pick. So it really runs the gamut. The the uh, the unifying thing, I think, is that everybody's just so supportive and it's really an awesome place to um, to hang out with other people doing this. So um, yeah, if you're interested, go to locationindie.com. Sign up right now because we are launching the community. It's only going to be open for a short period of time and then we're closing it up again. Last time we did it, it was closed for a year. We don't know when we're going to open it up again, because again, we like to take care of everybody that gets in right away make sure everybody's getting settled and actually pushing forward on the things they want to do, get to know everybody and all that good stuff. So that's why we're not just opening it up all the time to join, but get in locationindie.com. If you're thinking, Hey, speaking of forced action, I'll force you to take an action right now. Why don't you hit pause on this podcast, go to locationindie.com and just sign up and we're giving away some goodies and a whole bunch of other stuff. And Look, even if you don't end up joining, you're still going to be on our newsletter. We're still dishing tons of actionable stuff there. So uh, no worries. But uh, I would say, you know, force that action right now. If somebody been putting off, just do it right now. Yeah, go do it. I wish we were there in person, like pointing our finger at them. Just imagine us. Go shaking, do it. We're forcing this my finger. Go do that. Thank right you guys now. for joining us today. As always, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Peace.